This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson. It is Monday night. Nebraska has its quarterback of the future. Nebraska might have its starting quarterback for 2024. It's all the same person. That person is Dylan Riola. And we're here to talk about it. Where do we want to start? Brian Christofferson, you look like you're ready to just start oh, yeah. unleashing thoughts. <laughs> I see... <laughs> You like you're you're kind of like inching towards the screen and like okay we got to get him the ball let's get him the ball take no. your shot yeah um I don't think I was doing that by the way I think I think that was a misread by you um, a lot of misreads that's fair <laughs> no um I think uh I think I just want to like tonight just recognize it mostly as like the most significant recruiting Husker win that I've covered and that we've had in modern history. And we can, at least in my mind, I'm trying to like save all the, what's this mean for 24? I'm sure we'll end up getting into some of that because we do that sort of thing. Yeah, good luck saving that with me at the yeah, helm, buddy. Yeah, I might I might fail on that. But um, I mean, I just start with, to get the number two player overall in this recruiting class. Um, Georgia's, in, Georgia's the, the leader since May in that, and it seems like that's where it's going to go with the legacy um, situation with his father attached to it. Um, you know, it, it's a special win for Husker recruiting that um, this week I think will go up in one of the top, it's like one of the top 10, you know, sort of news weeks I'll remember on this beat. I think it's been that strange, that exciting, sort of surprising at times. And uh, a lot of anxiety was attached to it for the fan base, um, especially after the whole McCord thing last week. Um, but, you know, this is this is a week where you, you toast the glass or this is a night where you toast the glass and you say, hey, they, they got one. And it was it's a big win that the that uh, is not just being recognized within our borders, but throughout college football is a significant deal. So um, sometimes you just got to acknowledge that and uh, save some of the other stuff, but we can get to the other stuff too. I'm not going to be a, a party pooper. BC, are you working on a book that's going to be called seven days in December, just starting from Monday at four 30 last week to, to Monday at four 30 this week, you know, just like those seven days and what transpired for Nebraska and that run. Cause I think people would read that book. 
Um, yeah, we could all, we could all work on that together um, and, and split up the chapters. But yeah, it's kind of a, a knockoff of the old uh, thing with the Red Sox. And I think, you know, we'll, let's do it Nebraska style when the Red Sox beat the Yankees. We can do it with the, with the quarterback. So um, that'd be pretty good. Um, so I'll, I'll start working on the, uh, the first chapter. If you want to, uh, I'll, I'll let you know where I'm headed and you, and you can take off from there. All right. I love it. Brunts, what, uh, when this finally went down, so let's, let's peel back some of the, the curtain here. No one in this podcast was remotely surprised that, that Dylan Riola committed on my, the surprise might've been the timing of exactly when it happened, but would it be fair to say that from Monday of last week on, you were operating on the premise that Dylan Riola was going to be in Nebraska's class? Yeah, I don't. I think pretty quickly on last Monday, whenever it was like, okay, this is a thing. And it was a thing. It was a thing with just kind of out there for about an hour. And then it was like, like remind me the timing of it of things like it wasn't much longer after everything kind of hit the fan that it was like okay the, and this visit's happening this weekend like, yeah and so it, it monday it's like, here's here's how i know it monday at five o'clock i went to take a shower at five fifteen, i looked at my phone and the entire world as i knew it had been blown up so pre five o'clock did not have a thought in the world that nebraska would end up with a number one recruiting or number one quarterback in the current recruiting cycle, or at least as it's currently ranked. Uh, and then by 5.15, it had flipped on its head. And then the other part of all of this, and I don't know how well of a job that we did explaining it, the information about it on Monday of last week was coming from Georgia. Like, it wasn't like, uh, hey, Nebraska feels like they have a chance here. No, it was Georgia's like, yeah, we're going to lose this kid. Like, it's we're, we're losing this which is a remarkable way for it all to sort of come about because obviously Nebraska had Kyle McCord on campus. There's so many different little threads that you can pull on this whole story. And that's why I joked about that book, but legitimately BC said it, you may not find a more entertaining in some ways, aggravating in some ways, intoxicating week of Nebraska recruiting than sort of what we just went through. I mean, at one point it looked like Daniel Kalen was going to Michigan state uh Kyle McCord had already just departed Nebraska's you know orbit and you had no idea what was going to happen with all of it so the the week in question it was just phenomenal but going back to that moment yeah everything kicked off at five o'clock basically last Monday and at 4 30 this day or this Monday as we're recording this Nebraska gets that commitment like it's a pretty wild seven day stretch in there yeah I I think once I think though, once like the visit was going to happen, it was like, okay, this is a Gun deal, yeah. thing because like, I guess in my mind, you know, Nebraska had been the bridesmaid twice already and had moved on, had a, had already had a high school quarterback in the class was pursuing graduate pursuing transfer portal quarterbacks. It felt to me like if you're in Nebraska, you needed to have quite a bit of assurance that, whatever was going to happen was going to happen before you allowed that visit to take place, just because it, it was going to turn into a circus and it, it did to a degree, but I, I think, you know, Nebraska, I think had a pretty good idea of where things were headed before Dylan Riola ever got on that plane um, to get to Omaha. So I, I don't, 
I don't think that anything that's happened, you know, the commitment today was a huge surprise. I mean, I, I think once the, the, the wheels were in motion with the visit, I think that that was a pretty good indicator that things were, were headed in a good direction for Nebraska. I mean, I, the, the tough part was kind of how you navigated everything else in my mind. I mean, you know, how, how do you kind of make that work with, with Daniel Kalen? How do you, you know, obviously Kyle McCord didn't work out. I, I think that was, you know, partially Nebraska, I think partially him, because I mean, when you, when you get a commitment from the number two quarterback or, or the number two player overall in the country, I mean, that, that makes kind of that picture or whatever you had kind of devised the quarterback picture to look like just basically blew it up. And, and you know, I, I think Nebraska needed to kind of say, look, like, are we, are, are we going to pursue this? And, you know, the, the decision there is absolutely yes. Um, if there's a chance, you think that it's going to happen. And, you know, to their credit, I mean, they, they Daniel Kalen seems like he's going to be in the class. He, he's indicated that, um, you know, I, I think, you know, you're, you're going to end up with two elite 11 quarterbacks out of this deal, which um, is what Georgia thought they were getting. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I would not have bet on that for Nebraska as of Thursday of last week. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it actually ended up pretty good, pretty good for Nebraska, all things considered, in the midst of a, a hellacious seven day stretch. Yeah. Uh, BC made this point, and I think it's an important one. It's something that he and I had a podcast last week, and I probably allowed the short-term thought process to overtake more of just the general, like, Nebraska went out and they got a five-star quarterback. Not just, like, any five-star, but a five-star quarterback where the expectation is this guy could be a rocket ship for your program. And they don't have a lot of recruiting wins like that. I mean, they just – you know, since since I've been covering this, I mean, their best recruiting wins are like Tyjon Lindsay, who was coming off an ACL tear, and uh, Turner Corcoran, which was a big recruiting win in the moment. Thomas Fedoni, big recruiting win in the moment. Wandale Robinson, big recruiting win that you weren't able to keep locked in at your program. Like, so they, this is, and, and I'm not trying to say those as cautionary tales. I know that sort of comes off that way, but that's not the point. The point is like, as big as any of those individual ones were, this is like a several times bigger than any of those. I mean, is there like uh Brunts? I mean, because we we've, we've been covering this together since 2011. Is there even a quarterback that's in the stratosphere that Nebraska's brought in of what we perceive Dylan Riola to beat? Like, who's who's the best quarterback Nebraska's landed previously from a like recruiting wow perspective um i think in terms of no you're absolutely right i mean I, I, nobody gets close to it um first off um i, I mean is, is tristan jebbia just based on the offers that he had at the time yeah i was probably, thinking adrian is probably the next closest that yeah. i could maybe think of yeah well i think too with adrian there was a lot of like it was also the circumstances of everything right. like we we you win the you win the game and then you immediately get on the plane and fly across the country and that's your guy and you got your guy. And, and, and that the narrative I think kind of grew from that. And, and certainly, I mean, he was a productive quarterback, but you know, in, in terms of buzz and, you know, maybe how polished of a product he is coming in. No. And I mean, not at all. I mean, I, I think there was 
a little bit of a feeling with like Patrick O'Brien that like this was a kid with a big arm with a ton of upside, but like they kind of discovered him too. Nebraska didn't really didn't really beat anybody out for him. I mean, yeah. it was like Colorado State and stuff like that. So um no, I mean not not since we've been doing it. I mean, you gotta go back a lot farther than that. And even I mean, you're right. I mean, a, a lot of the even the higher ranked wins that Nebraska's had, I actually made a list the other day of you know. Nebraska signed since 2017 five guys in the in the top 100 of the 24/7 sports rankings and they're all Ooh, Can I guess these? Is... Sure. Okay. Um Thomas Fedoni. Yeah. Wandale Robinson. Uh-huh. Turner Corcoran. Yep. Ty John Lindsay. Yep. Okay, so the those were the four I'd already said. So you said there's five of them, there's one more. There's five since 2017. Lamar between, Jackson was another. He was in 2016. Okay. All right. So I'm between two different names, and I'm going to go with the linebacker first, Nick Henrich. It's Bryce Benhart. It's a Matt Rule signing. It's a Matt Rule signing. Top 100 player from the 2023 class. Who am I blanking on? Malachi Coleman. No kidding. Wow, I didn't even didn't get there. Carter Nelson will be uh, he'll be number six. They they would actually have based on the composite rankings, if everything holds the way it is, they would have three this time around with Grant Bricks, Carter Nelson, and um, Dylan. In the top one hundred, Grant Bricks is that high on other services, huh? Mm -hmm. Yep. Hmm. So that's that's kind of where things are at. But I mean, it's I I I don't think it's close in terms of. you know, potential impact and in, in what it could mean. I mean. The the shame of it is kind of, I mean, he, you, you, you missed out on some peer recruiting opportunities oh, yeah. in the class. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of b- potential bump um, to come from it, but I mean, that that's kind of the one thing is you didn't get kind of the, the Pied Piper yeah. aspect of it in the 24 class, which I think could have probably been there if it had, you know, happened a little bit earlier, but you know, you take what you can get, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those where you're not going to, what is it, you don't lick a gift horse in the mouth? Is that is that the, the phrase? BC, you're old. Is that the phrase that they use back I didn't then? Hear, I didn't hear how you said it. What did you say? Did you don't, say don't look? Did you say look or lick? I look. thought you said lick. You said lick. I didn't say lick. I thought you did. <laughs> All right, people, if you're listening to this, if I said look or lick let me know but i said look so okay. they're gonna look wrong on don't this lick one. that don't Back lick, in the day lick their wounds that. when they're wrong about it you do neither of those things you don't lick your wounds you, well you don't lick a gift horse and you don't look one <laughs> you definitely don't lick a gift horse that just sounds gross um but yeah i mean this is a, a situation <laughs> where you would have loved to have gotten the commitment in April and you could have trumpeted that around and you try to uh, mm. you try to build off of it but that's just not how the the game was going to be played for Nebraska this time and I think even if it's just going to be a, a two-day commitment of of Dylan Riola before he signs like it's a pretty glorious two-day run for Nebraska there and uh, I think I think they'll benefit in 2025 I don't have exact like ex- specific names exactly but you got to think that Nebraska is going to do a pretty smart thing by lining up some of these 2025 offensive players to come by to watch practice where your shiny new five-star quarterback is running things with the first team as we anticipate it's all going to look like. We can't act like it's not fascinating to 
that and i'm not trying to cause friction it's just the way it is like danny kalen had a big say in like with bonding with a lot of this class that's signing on wednesday and um you know carter nelson all those guys so um that that part is really interesting to me i think the other thing is i don't know what if you guys would agree with this but basically we've been following dylan's recruitment for two and a half years so he's been probably the most watched analyzed talked about one recruit there's been one of them in, in husker history and yet i don't think we know much we don't know him like because he was he was kind of like uh uh, and I'm not, that's not a knock on him. It's just the way that process plays out yep. when you're so high profile and you probably have to be a little guarded, have to be a little distant. And I know I talked to him the one time when he came to the Friday night lights event and we wrote about that and, and all that. And a lot of the dealings have been with the national recruiting writers and Steve Wiltfong, and that's understandable. Um, but as far as this fan base and the local media and stuff, like we're going to just be getting to know him personally the first time he really does interviews around here. Um, so that part's fascinating to me. Just like you have this guy who we've so many, so much oxygen has been spent on and uh, all this stuff. And it's like, we're, we're, we're really still like in the elementary stages of, of knowing who he is and, and kind of how he ticks and all that stuff. So that, that part um, will be something. And it's, 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 I guess, just part of the intrigue of the story to me too. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I don't, Bruns, have you ever talked to him? Uh, One time, I think early on, but it was yeah, early. I mean, I'm yeah. like the only one on the, the podcast has never talked to him. Yeah. Never had a conversation. I, I was just thinking like, as you were kind of going through that, it, you didn't necessarily get the recruiting balance in 24, but with the way college football is now, I mean, is there, is there value in having somebody like that when it comes to like the portal? Like, cause you think about, I mean, just today you had true freshman starters at USC go in the portal. Um, you know, these guys know each other. Like, I think there's, there's something to be said for, for maybe not even having that, potential like connection for the 24 class but i mean let's say spring ball after spring ball when that window opens is there is there a benefit to having somebody like that on your roster that's that's a known entity um and and a you know a kid that's played in texas arizona georgia like he he's kind of regionally diverse i guess is another way to put it he's played with a lot of guys like i i, I do kind of wonder if there's a a kind of future benefit to Nebraska for that beyond just the obvious of, you know, if this thing takes off and, you know, he starts playing really well. Um, you know, if you do kind of have that connection out of the portal, it, you know, Nebraska really hasn't had either. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's certainly one way to kind of look at it. Like these guys all interact, they all talk with each other. Um, if I'm not going to use any names because I don't want to attach anyone to it. But if some of those guys that were there for that March weekend that, you know, Riola got to know a little bit or, or were here because he told them to come check out Nebraska, who knows to, to, to say like, if, if he, if he starts for Nebraska next year and they play reasonably well, and that player is at some other school and just decides, you know what, this isn't the right fit for me. You have that pre-existing relationship. 
Uh, you're you're absolutely right in that in that regard. I'm very curious too. I mean, we saw with with uh, I believe Donovan was the one that was down there. I don't know who all was was at the the Riola family homestead uh, earlier last week, but they made several offers to to Buford players in 2026. I mean, I. I just feel like there's a way that you can kind of still get the bump um, and still get utilize him as a as a ticket. I mean, if you're talking to 2025 wide receivers and Nebraska needs them, like in a 2025 running backs, it's got to be simple enough to be like, look, we've got this quarterback that you'd be playing with, and you know it's right there in front of you if you want to check it out. So I I definitely think that can be a thing um, that you know, can be utilized. I, I was thinking more 25s, 26s and Brunts is over here playing 3d chess with, with the transfer portal. So uh, I kind of like that idea though. I, I do wonder at some point, Nebraska can't take a class of 30 some people, right? Like, are we, are they going to take a class of like 14 next year? Is, is this going to be a thing? Like I'm just, I'm baffled by what, it, what it's all going to look like. That's a totally different conversation that we don't need to have on this podcast, but man, it is the numbers are going to be, wild to, to sort of figure this all out um let's as as we're we're talking about uh dylan dylan riola what what do you think the picture looks like this spring with him playing quarterback nebraska's offense and what i mean by that is what do you think the offense can sort of look like with his skill set you know, he's Andrew Ivans talked about him as having the best deep ball of any quarterback in this class. Yeah. We know that Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rule feel very strongly that one of the things they want to do is take shots down the field with the athletes that they would have at wide receiver. Couldn't do a lot of that this year with their quarterback play, even though they placed a lot of zero coverage. What What do you think it looks like, though, BC, when you think about, you know, Dylan in, in this offense and what we watched this last year where Marcus Satterfield kind of had to throw it together each week, depending on whichever one of the three quarterbacks was starting. Well, just off the surface, I think you, you hit on the main thing to me um, is his arm. And I, I mean, I go back to two and a half years ago, the first throw I saw him take is that a 50 yard rope down the sideline as like a 15 year old. I was like, okay, I get it. Like, cause I, w- I remember I went to the stadium that night and I was kind of like, okay, I was rolling my <laughs> eyes about it. Like I, I knew, he, you know, the, the name, the legacy part of it and all that. But I thought this is going to be a deal where we're going to overhype someone to what their skill set actually is. And then you watch him throw five passes that night and you're like, no, okay, he's got the tools. Like, we'll see like if all the other stuff can come along with it. The thing about, Dylan that I mean you got to think is is also part of his his set is you know growing up with his dad having been like a 14-year veteran in the NFL uh, I remember even back in his first interviews he was he was talking about how much he learned just by talking through the game with his dad Um, his first like high school quarterbacks coach or one of them was John Kitna who played in the NFL for a really long time and so I think he's probably picked up a lot of things that you know sort of uh i'm not saying it's the same as like garrett mcguire but sort of like you're always in the lab you've been in the lab your entire life and you would think that's going to be useful to you and when you go to a new place you can pick up stuff faster than the average guy so i'm kind of expecting that with him um because of his background but yeah the deep ball is what really jumps to me because um 
we talk all the time about these receivers like Malachi and Jalen and uh, Demetrius Bell, maybe, um, you know, being speed guys, Matt rule said they think they have the fastest receivers sort of in the country that have been hidden behind the scenes. And they're going to step out more and more in the next year or two. Well, this is a chance to show that's true with a guy who should be able to get them the ball, um, you know, pretty effectively downfield in a way that maybe we did not see this year. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, it's uh, it it should look different than the the game plan that they ran against, say, you know, Northwestern. What do you got, Brett? Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I don't. I mean, do they even know? I mean, like, I I I feel like I feel like in some ways, whether it was gonna be Riola, whether it was gonna be Kalen, whether it was gonna be McCord or Chubba Purdy or whoever, that Blake Shapen, your boy. Yeah, Blake Shapen. Um, you know, go on down the line. Um, I, I I don't know that there was necessarily like a, this is what we're going to do and we need you to be this. It was very much like, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what it looks like, you know, after signing day and kind of go from there. Like, and I think that you kind of have to do that. I mean, you, you look at the different kinds of quarterbacks that they were looking at and the quarterbacks that they have on their roster. Um, you know, I, I don't know that you could really go into that recruiting process and say, like, w- with certainty that this is absolutely what was going to be. And and we, we still don't have clarity on what the offensive coaching staff is going to look like. I mean, they, you still have the interim tag on, on Josh Martin, um, and, and that needs to get sorted out. So I think there's still room for movement with what that offense ultimately looks like. And, I mean, even if – let's say you get a running back out of the portal – um, or a late high school guy that you feel good about or something. I mean, I, I feel like that could also send it in a little bit of a different way too with kind of how they're going to approach things. Switching gears again here a little bit. What do you think it's going to like be like around here? We've we've seen freshman quarterbacks start before. Adrian Martinez did it. But it – this one feels so incredibly different because of the last name and the fact that there's been three years of buildup for it. Like I'm anticipating there's going to be like a hyped crowd for the spring game. Like people just fired up to get their first glimpse of this guy in a Nebraska Jersey. I actually think in some weird way, it's going to make there's going to be like some real juice or energy in the building for those early non-conference games. Cause it's like people are going to be fired up to watch Nebraska play UTEP to start the season. 
because this guy potentially could be your starting quarterback. In addition to just like, oh, football's back. It's there's you're gonna you're gonna get an opportunity to sort of see the future in the exact moment, you know, every time he plays in 2024. Yeah, I think it's gonna be similar to 2018. I mean, I don't want to just Ross. like yeah, I don't want to just like look over like stuff, you know, and act like this is going to be something that's never happened before around here. I do think it is going to be there's going to be a lot of fervor, but I mean, there definitely was in 2018 with with Frost coming in the first year in that spring game and, and Adrian and all that stuff. Um, but there's not many comparison points that you can make that are like it, like even even like Taylor Martinez, if you think about how his uh, quarterback life at Nebraska went, he redshirted the first year. And then the, I remember it because we were hearing behind the scenes at the paper that year that he's probably going to be the guy and nobody believed it because at the time they thought it was going to be, it was a Zach and maybe Cody was still there. Yeah. Cody. It yeah. It seemed like it was going to be Zach Lee to me the entire way until it somehow wasn't. Yeah. So that, I mean, that one was a year, guy where a case where a guy had been there a year um, and really nobody knew what he was until he burst off on that touchdown run on like the third play of the opener. So Adrian is maybe a comparison point in 2018, but not many else like it. Um, Harrison Beck was a unique situation around here um, back, way back when, and I was just like just out of college or whatever with that one. But I do remember about, 20 people gather around him the first time and like him talking about playing the guitar and all this other stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, but he's in like, the, this is a story that doesn't have a lot of company. There's, there's two or three cases maybe in the last 20, 25 years where I think you could say the hype maybe comes close to it. Um, but that's also something he's going to have to be able to handle. And this coaching staff's going to have to do a good job of handling too. And um, you know, also you have guys who have been in it, in who are in that position group who have been playing college football for three or four years who want to have a say in things too. So uh, it'll be a bit of a delicate dance, I'm sure. Brunts, is it difficult for you at all to to look at this and just say Dylan Riola is going to be the starter for next year? It's it's hard for me to say it'd be anything other than that. Like I feel like I'd be lying through my teeth, but I might just be way out over my skis on it because. One, he still has to sign. Two, he needs to show up. Three, he's got to stay healthy. Four, he needs to win the job. And yet, assuming health and assuming a signature, I see almost no way in which he's not your starting quarterback for 2024. Like, I just don't I, – I don't see anyone else getting that first rep against UTEP. Like, how, how over the top am I being right now with that? No, I mean, I don't – I don't think that you uh, – I mean – I would I would tell you that you were a little bit more that that you were out in front a little bit if there was somebody who was already in the room that you're like this this is an established starter. Right. And I don't think that I don't think that what we saw in 2023 would suggest that there is an established starter currently in that room. And I don't I don't know that we're I mean are we done with movement in the quarterback room? No. The portal's open for another 2 weeks. And do you it, think? Do either of you think Chubba Purdy will be on Nebraska's roster for 2024? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I always hate the. 
not the question you asked. It's it's tough for me it's to okay. like. You can insult the question. I'm fine. Yeah, with it's it. a freaking terrible. No, it's not. It's, it's a question. <laughs> I would rather wants. you be honest than just no. stewing inside. It's no, it's the question people want to ask. It's the question where I always like to not answer because I feel like you can. It's really hard to get in. Like well, we don't that. know. You're not Chuba. I, I believe it or not, BC is not Chuba Purdy. I, I mean, I think Chuba he can play it out in the spring and see where he stands. You know, yeah. that's the beauty of it. Like now where you could, there's still a portal period after that, uh, where a guy could change course. If he realizes like, Oh, you're second or you're third, they're just going to have to have really honest conversations with, with those guys at that time. But it's hard for the coaches too, because I, I don't know that they're going to walk out of spring and you maybe the, I mean, to say like, Oh Yeah this true freshman is definitely our starting quarterback on April 25th or something. That would be hard to say too. So um, it'll, it'll be a tough spot they're in with that, I think, but it's a good spot because you got the guy here, you know, so that there, that's what I'm remembered. I'm going back to my original answer. That's what I'm speaking about tonight is this victory at this moment without any worries about all that other stressful stuff that Nebraska is going to face. I think, I think how they play that out is going to be really important. And I think, I think the fact that you have two very talented freshman quarterbacks in that room, I think makes it a little bit more of a complicated situation. So I, I think for somebody like Chubba Purdy, who has graduated and played a little bit last year and looked okay at times, I think that's, I think there's probably more thought that has to go into it now that you have two guys that are quite a bit younger than you. Um, that are well thought of and recruited by the staff. I mean, that that's the reality of the situation, whether that's, you know, whether he sticks it out, whether he plays it through the spring, I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I do think the presence of two freshman quarterbacks um, coming into the program in the spring, I think that, that that makes it a little bit more difficult to go out and find somebody um, to add depth to that, to that group. So I, I, that's what I'll say. Um, but I, I do think kind of how they, how the staff talks about this is going to be really fascinating as they, they go through the spring because expectations, everything else, um, and also the reality of an 18 year old kid, those, those are two very, uh, sometimes they, they're kind of in conflict. I think sometimes with, uh, from the coaching staff's point of view. You know, well, the thing about I, it, go ahead, Shaver. I was just going to say real quick, like there's definitely going to be growing pains. And then here's the other thing. Andrew Ivans mentioned this on, on the podcast we did on Friday. He was looking through trying to find true freshman, all like quarterbacks for his freshman, all American team. The top end guys largely did not play. And if they did, it was towards the end of the season where you saw like Jackson Arnold got a little bit of run and, and guys like that. But, for the most part, your high-end 2023 class quarterbacks sat. And so, um, you know, what what Dylan Riola might be doing here is not exactly, like, commonplace. Like, that's that's kind of the thing. Like, it's you're, you're taking a risk in the sense of putting him out there, but I feel like the only way Nebraska was ending up with him is if they were going to be willing to take the risk to put him out there as a true freshman. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. So you're going to have to live with some growing pains. But I think that's also why it'd be somewhat valuable if you could keep somebody like Chubba Purdy to stick around because that's a guy that has – no, you know him. You know what his skill set is. 
I think that he is a luxury backup quarterback. And if you could convince him that, hey, look, you were the backup in 2022 and you got to start several games, you're the backup in 2023 and you got to start several games, chances are you're going to be needed in 24 in some capacity. I wonder if there's a way they could make a compelling argument there. So um, because you know that you're going to have some growing pains with a freshman, like that's just the reality of it. And I'm not saying that that alone makes it enticing for anybody to be the backup quarterback. But you always have to assume that it's hard for anyone, whether it's in the NFL or in college, to have their quarterback stay healthy for the full entire season. So this is an important position um, to, to provide competition, to provide, you know, to push, to push, to make sure that someone actually wins this job. Uh, and then to, to have a little bit of uh, confidence that if you have to go to to whoever your backup would be that they can come in and do a capable job. Like I, I do wonder if there's an element of where it's like, okay, I could leave, but who's interested? How far is the drop from the level of football that I'd be playing? And is there not like already a, a decent role for me here in Lincoln? And I, I kind of feel like there is, I've gone, I've gone back and forth on this where I thought he was for sure gone. And now it's like, I could draw, I could draw a pretty good picture as to why it would make sense for all sides for him to stick around. I think we also around here sometimes have a way of acting like everywhere has these great backup quarterback situations when they definitely do not. Like there's maybe eight to 10 programs in a given year where that ends up being like, Oh, they got a, they got a really special guy. I mean, not everybody has Will Howard. Yeah. It's just like a very unusual situation now. And sometimes those guys are discovered sort of by accident. You know, games. like when, when it when it takes off, like that nobody knew in August that the second guy at this particular school was any good. They thought he was nothing. And then he gets in there and it turns out he can ball or he just has has the ability under the lights. And so let's say Purdy left um, Harburg. I'll bring we haven't even mentioned Harburg. I mean, Harburg is a guy who started games in college football and has won some games and there's people around the country who would say that's a pretty good deal. Like you got a guy who's, you know, started five, six games, whatever it was, he won some, he's been out there. He's, he's grown from last year. You hope. Um, So if they happen to keep both Purdy and Harburg, you've got two pretty good options there. And if you keep one of them, you have uh, probably a situation um, that's not all that different than a lot of places in the country and a lot of schools would take that situation that Nebraska's in with a big time prospect and a guy who's played some football behind him or whatever, or however that shakes out. So I just think we got to always remember that it, everybody is always like kind of like scratching their head. Like, I don't know about that second or third guy. That's just the way it is. That's the way it is in the NFL. I mean, you like when your team like, has, has a guy go down like with our, our beloved Viking Schaefer. We know that you see the second or third guy and you're like, it's just not the same, but you know, then you look around, it's, it's that way everywhere. So that that's, that's just football. That's the depth chart at almost every place there is. Yeah. But I just don't want to see Nick Mullins ever again. Is it? You know, I shouldn't I just... have brought it up. I should, I should, sorry, Bruns. <laughs> it's fine. We can move Still on. Mad. Anyway, it's all right. He threw an interception to a guy laying I on the know. ground an yeah. inch away from him. I can't I knew get you. over this. I can never get over this. It's the stupidest throw I've ever seen. And I've watched the Vikings 
for a long time, and they make was, a lot of dumb throws. That was that was my fault. Beast is like, I'm not going to bring this up. Oh, let me just jab this finger right <laughs> in that open bear with the biggest stick you can find. That was uh, my fault. I I definitely agree that you you make a good point there. Like we. You assume that everyone has better backups than they actually do in these situations. And I do think that, you know, I, I mentioned it like you, Nebraska very rarely has had a quarterback make it through an entire season. Some places are just have had better luck than Nebraska yeah. when it comes to their, their quarterback injuries and their, and the just injuries in general. And so it doesn't always have to be that you have to have some guy that's going to rescue the day. Uh, sometimes teams just make it all the way through without a quarterback injury. It seemed like Nebraska used to do this at one point in time, and now it's gone the other way. So uh, those are those are fair points about you know overemphasizing you know an area where everyone's going to be a little bit behind. There's very few places where uh, a backup quarterback is you know as good as the starter. I I'm jumping around here because I meant to meant to ask this earlier, and I feel like you guys would be good people for it uh, because I don't. I don't have a good read on it. I was too young to, to know one way or the other. What was the level of excitement when Tom Osborne went to Tom, uh, to Tommy Frazier for the first time as like a true freshman starting quarterback? Like, was it a big deal in 19, what, 92? 92, 92 yeah. Yeah, it was. Now, because it was Mike Grant, I think, is the name yeah. I have in my head, despite not knowing Mike Grant from anyone. He, he was. He was a starting quarterback. Uh, 92, they lost. At Washington, who was loaded, great Washington team. Yeah, they had Joel um, McHale. Yeah, yeah, yes, they did. <laughs> loaded. Did you know Joel that, Brunts? No, I did not. Joel McHale was on the Washington football team. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, it was game five or six. I can't remember against Missouri. I was on Benson. I was playing golf at Benson Golf Course with my dad, listening to Pavelka in a headset and uh tommy frazier leaped into the end zone on a five-yard play on fourth and goal to win at 30 to clinch the win 34 24 that's what i remember and there was frazier mania from that leap on i do think there was excitement when he was given the job um like all right let's see what happens you know this is the future you got three or four years to to play with this now let's go um but that really took off with the leap and then they smoked colorado on Halloween and beat Kansas in primetime the next week. And the rest is history. I have a hard time placing exactly what the reaction was upon his recruitment. Like, cause signing day just wasn't as big a deal back sure. then. It was something where everybody read it in the paper. Like, okay, these are the 28 guys. All right. I'll get to know them a little bit. I don't think it was, I don't think it's a comparison point, honestly, of like, people probably knowing maybe I'm wrong on this, but knowing like the, how, how Frazier picked Nebraska and how that all worked out until after the fact, I think that story got told later. The Kevin about, Steele playing cards on the porch story. Yeah. And there, there's other stuff. I I think supposedly like Frazier's family, like Nebraska got whooped in that bowl game in the citrus bowl. And they, they were kind of like, Oh, tough one coach. You know, they're kind of giving it, giving it to him a little bit. Uh, they recruited or they were recruiting Frazier day or two after that. Um, but I do think some of that came out after is my point. Like, I just don't think we were f following it like in real time as the recruitment happened, like this one, that's where it's so different nowadays. This one, I remember a little bit better. I was a little older. You're more in tune with the team. You're reading all the coverage in the newspaper. 
the Eric Crouch situation too, because he was a true freshman quarterback as well, right? Like he wasn't a redshirt guy. Yeah, I mean that that one played out a little bit more. I think um, play by play a little bit. Um, you know where it, it was, it, it got out that you know they need to make sure he was still there and all that stuff. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that was probably. I was a Bobby Newcomb guy, so I was I was yeah. not a fan initially. But that's. I don't know. It'd be interesting talking to some of the guys who were like the beat writers or columnists from like 92, like how much they actually knew about Tommy Frazier before he got here, you know, and when that stuff like got told or the stories we know now, I, I just happen to think they probably came out more later than, you know, when he was being recruited. Yeah, that's probably true. You guys were in the the Millard North neighborhoods, right? Like, was was Eric Crouch a huge deal in in your your time in 1998 in that part of Omaha? Uh, yeah, yeah, he was he was known. Was he a big recruit? Yeah, I yeah, so. I, I I think there was an expectation he was going to be really good. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't think I don't think he that. He was a under the radar guy at all. Like no. you know, Miller North was just dominant at the. They I don't think they won the state title with them, but they were always like right there. And um, he was that guy you you would you'd see his highlights every Friday night. So yeah, I I think people were pretty in tune that he was going to be pretty good. And uh, you know, but it's similar to all these guys like Taylor. The first time you saw him take off Taylor Martinez and run, you're like, okay, this is going to be interest. This is going to be an interesting ride. And I think that's that that's good happens with all these guys where you still have to see it in that Husker uniform, that first play or so where you're imagining stuff before they take the field, but you still need that moment for it to, to really, you know, sail sometimes. And so we'll see if, if that happens quickly uh, in this situation. Anything else you guys want to get to here on our Dylan Riola commitment podcast? No, I, I was just thinking I, Crouch was down to like Nebraska, Notre Dame at the time. Like it was really, he, he was a significant national. Bob Davey was going to install some sort of offense that Eric Crouch would have been able to run. I, I guess. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of doubt on that one. I, I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, he was, he was like a all American, um, really highly recruited like he wasn't he was not under the radar by any means nationally or in uh in the pepperwood so and we shouldn't act i i probably shouldn't act like they weren't covering recruiting somewhat like a lot on some of these guys stories as they you were just weren't calling tom lemming's phone number to to get yeah. recruiting updates it was, it was just more like that but i mean you can go back and watch like a 30 for 30 on like marcus dupree and see like there's all oh. sorts of fascinating stories popping Incredible. up in the paper this and that so i mean there, there's definitely been examples where people have been tracking stuff pretty closely but yeah sometimes you had to call a hotline to get some information on something so it's 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 a new ball game is that something we should debut at husker 24 7 we just we have a phone that the three of us like we have different hours that we're in charge people call, the they, they actually get us and we have to talk through the day of what happened in recruiting <laughs> i answer big heavy sigh <laughs> you're like in the middle of your spiel you're like oh no you missed the extra point because you're watching wyoming versus hawaii yeah. at two in the morning fresno's gonna do it again yeah yeah can you you imagine that hotline like last 
Monday. Like there would have been excitement about the Rylus stuff, but you would also had to handle the the McCord thing. It would have been. <laughs> yeah, what does this mean for Kyle McCord? Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be. Uh, I you should look into that. I maybe we should hire some interns that their job is just to man the hotline. You can get college credit by just manning the hotline. Is that a thing? Can we do that? I, I saw. I saw the other day. They it was like a retro commercial. This is related, by the way. Um, but it I didn't had, care like, if it was or not. I was. I'm well, excited. It was like the. It had like the phone, and you had like a headset. And then it like clipped, so then you could have the 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 receiver of the phone up to your head, but your hands were free. So like you could be like peeling carrots or whatever. Like if if we do the hotline idea, I'm only going to do it on a landline, and I will probably have to find one of those uh, headsets, the, the head the headset clips thing. Yeah. So you could so you could keep stirring the sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh, the the people that are just listening to this won't care, but I, I've got to ask, Bruns, are you wearing a Peru State Bobcats shirt? Uh, Southeast Community College Bobcats. Um, oh. Yeah. Is it is it Peru State the Bobcats, or did I just make that up? I, I believe head? they are. Okay. Yeah. All right. A lot of Bobcats, apparently, in Southeastern. I, I thought it was Charlotte Bobcats when you first came on. No. no. Not anymore. They're the Charlotte Hornets again. Now. I know, but I thought, I, th- I thought it was old school. Oh, okay. No, it's not the Beatty Bobcats either, which is a little elementary school here, but neither here nor there. A lot of Bobcats in in southeastern Nebraska, apparently. Uh, BC, anything you want to add before we we end this thing? No, not at all. Did we get to everything that you wanted to discuss? Yeah, more so. At the beginning, I was like, yeah, let's just talk. I I was going to make it a really boring thing about, like, let's just talk about this is a nice win. There you go. End of sentence. (laughs) let's not talk about spring ball or anybody transferring any of that stuff no we gotta you gotta go all the way into that i'm there's no part of me that is allowing my brain to think that he isn't the starting quarterback in 2024 i'm talking in every conversation i have that's the way that i'm gonna be and i i'm not i'm not doing any you know well you gotta be cautious about no he's the starting quarterback that's what it is that's why he's here it's the only reason why he's here i honestly feel that way if Nebraska did not have an opening for the 2024 job, he is not in Nebraska next season. Brunts, right. anything you got? I, I don't think I can follow that up. That's that's, <laughs> that's the the period on the sentence. All right. Well, uh, for Brian Christopherson, for Michael Brunts, I'm Mike Shaver. We're Husker 24-7. If you would like more Dylan Riola coverage, oh boy, do we have a place for you. Husker 24-7, lots of coverage. There are people that work for 24-7 sports writing about Dylan Rayola that I don't even know who they are. That's how much coverage we got coming at Husker 24-7 right now. You can get all sorts of stuff about Dylan Rayola. You can get stuff about Nebraska's uh, approach to recruiting him, their approach to NIL, all of that and more. And believe it or not, folks, and I know it's really hard to imagine this, there are other members of the 2024 recruiting class that still exist, and they're going to make decisions coming up on signing day. And where do you want that coverage? You want it at Husker247.com. We'll have everything for you on signing day and a whole lot more. Plus, if you like Nebraska basketball, we'll be coming back on Tuesday with a Husker Hoops cast. Coming off of that big win at Kansas State, BC was there in person. We'll get his thoughts on what that win means, how things set up for Nebraska as they finish out the month of December, and a whole lot more with Husker 24-7. So check all of that out. We'll be back later this week with another Husker 24-7 podcast. 
Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.